0: Hello. You are listening to the Bethel Atlanta sermon of the week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. I just invite Holy Spirit right now. Today I'm going to tell you a few dreams. I'm gonna tell you what I feel like. God is speaking to us. I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a watershed day. It's a big deal day. God's been putting something on my heart for a long time. You know, about 12 years ago. These dreams I have, I know are for you and they're for all of us. So 12 years ago, before we started Bethel Atlanta, I had this dream, and Steve and I were in this field and we could see as far as I could see, and Jesus walks up with this baby. And he hands it to us. And he says, this is Bethel, Atlanta. And we were sitting there looking at land as far as we could see going, wow. And then the scene shifted and there was this, all you my age and maybe a little younger, there was a Rolodex. And this was back in the day, you'd put information, phone numbers, but it would spin around with thousands and thousands of pictures on it. And they were pictures of you. They were pictures of the miracles you have done Over generations. We are building for generations. I want you to set your mind. On now. But for generations to come. A hundred years ago. And I'm talking about him today. My grandfather. Pop Harper. He was in this little. Capitol View Christian Church. Downtown. And they had had a church split. And they were closing the doors. And. Before I tell you the end of the story, my brother, 30 years ago, who's a campus ministry, was going to Capitol View on daylight saving times. He had missed an hour of sleep. He was bummed. He was more than bummed. He was mad. He's sitting in the lobby of this Capitol View church, and he picks up the program because he's bored, and it talks about our grandfather 100 years before. Well, 70 at that point, but like 19, let's see, what would 100 years be? 1920. 1919. And that day he put a stake in the ground and he said, I am not closing this church. He was just a member. He had three little girls. My dad wasn't even born yet. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve God and not man. And that has affected generations. You know, it says in Exodus 20, that if you love God, A thousand generations of yours will be blessed. He'll show his mercy and love. This is a big deal. We cannot be stuck in thinking about our our own little lives. God also, a couple of years ago, we were, Judy Franklin had come to school and we were going to heaven. And I didn't go to heaven. I went flying with the Lord. And we were flying over Tyrone, over this land so we weren't meeting here yet. And God showed me gold bubbling out of this land, spreading across the city and across the nation and touching the world. And God said right then, we are building for generations you'll never see. I had a dream, actually probably a couple of months ago. This was so cool. Steve and I were cutting grass at the front door of this beautiful antebellum, house kind of doorway, beautiful steps. There was grass even on the steps. And we had these little push reel mowers and they were kind of they weren't perfect. But we were working so hard and the grass was becoming beautiful. And the doorway, even the little walls, we were mowing those. And we walked in the it was Bethel, Atlanta, the beginning. And we walked in those doors and there was Jesus standing and there was this beautiful swimming pool. And he had these lights and these lights were Coming out Christmas lights. He was pulling them out of his hand and he was draping him over the trees of this land. And it was becoming so beautiful. And that was that happened, and then the scene shifted to where Steve and I were really, really old and gray. And we were driving to the lake house on Interstate 85, right over there. And so the people listening on podcasts were a couple of miles from the interstate by the as a crow flies. And we could look to the left. And the whole city was covered in lights of the glory of heaven many years from now. You're building for generations in the dream. That's what God told me. We've got to get a vision of, God, what does this look like for a thousand generations? He may come back in 10 years, but what does this look like for my family and the ones I love for the generations to come? We've had just a, this is a, a really a talk for Bethel Atlanta because I want you to get a vision, an idea of the calling on your lives. Uh, Sean Bolts came here and said, you're gonna have 25 years of harvest. And then Bobby Connor, this is a year or so ago, Bobby Conner came and said, the reaper is gonna overtake the plowman because of the harvest that's coming. Johnny Inlow, we were at Azusa now and we had a row of Atlanta people, Johnny Inlow walked, Atlanta, that Gulliver word is for you. And you know that Gulliver word that Bob Jones said? He said there's this huge giant on the East Coast, which is Revival. The head is in Cleveland, Ohio. The hands and feet are other places. But when that giant finally stands, his feet will be placed in Atlanta. So goes Atlanta. So goes the South. And then, you know, Zayna was singing the song, The Nations, They Will Come. Every time we sing that song, I cry because thousands upon thousands are going to come here, you guys. I had the coolest vision, this was a few years ago, that field right over there, and there were people groups, different people groups in each corner. I want you to imagine watching the news and thinking of the people that hate each other the most, okay? I don't even tell you the groups that were there, but four corners had different groups, and they had all been saved. And thousands of people that were not saved were around watching. And one corner went... Jesus is Lord. It was like high school basketball. And the other corner, no, Jesus is Lord. They're yelling louder. Then the other corner, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And then all of a sudden, those four corners came running to the middle of the field and had a big dog pile where they were kissing and hugging. And everybody around, all these unsaved people were going, this is impossible. The glory of heaven was right there. The glory of heaven is here. So I mentioned dreams that sometimes I have just a really quick one. I had a dream a year ago and Jesus just said, care for your calling. We've got to care for our calling. I'm gonna read Song of Solomon two. This is this is a something for every day. It's a new day of destiny. Arise, my dearest. Hurry, my darling. Come along with me. I have come as you have asked to to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has now changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended and the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land, which stands for revival. Filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. Can you not discern this new day of destiny? Breaking forth around you. The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers. There's change in the air. Arise my love, my beautiful companion and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. That is the word for today. And every day, this is not, I know today is special. I can feel it. I've been feeling it for like two weeks. But every day you need to read that. Every day is our new day of destiny. So all that being said, we're building for generations. Today is a new day of destiny. What what I'm about to tell you and talk to you about, it's been on my heart since like February and it's the verse, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. But I'm gonna read it, the whole thing. This is a passion translation. I'm writing to encourage you to fan into flame. This is Paul writing to Timothy. And rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. For God will never give you a spirit of cowardly fear, but he gives the Holy Spirit Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and a mind that has been delivered, protected, and secure. This has so been on my heart. We are, we're even doing it over in Kitty Church. We've already had Power Pig. We had Love Lion. And next week, we're going to start Sound Mind Seal. Our second, our second choice was Salamander, but we couldn't find an outfit. But I'm telling you. I wish with all of my heart, and I'm telling you this so seriously, somebody had taught me about not fearing when I was a kid. I have battled fear all my life. So here you got Paul. I want you to picture what Timothy was doing at this time. Basically, a lot of Christians were being martyred. So let's say you took two cars here today, and you're leaving, knowing that it's possible that your wife and kids might be taken and put in the arena next week. You think we have fear issues. They were fearing for their lives just to meet and be together. So you had Paul saying, Timothy, don't forget. Don't forget when I laid hands on you, you received Holy Spirit. You received power versus the spirit of fear. See, if somebody had told me way back in the day, this is, am I serving the spirit of fear or am I serving the spirit of God? I know it's like it's gotten my attention for three months and I catch, I mean, this is recalibration every day or two. I mean, I'm not sitting here, you know, just doing this all the time. I'm over here. Just no. I will not serve you spirit of fear, but this is, I feel like this is a choice we have to make in order to go to new levels of his glory So God's been teaching me, as I said, I've been learning how not to fear my whole life. I learned a great lesson. We're talking about love first because he has not given us a spirit of fear, right? But if, I'm gonna do love because I like that one the best. Love, power, and a sound mind. And seven years, six years ago, Jen asked me to be a revival pastor on her first year team. And I was so excited and I couldn't wait. And I was sitting there, and here we are having the fall retreats coming up this weekend. And I go to the have my yearly mammogram like Wednesday before, and it comes back pretty bad to where we're gonna have to do a biopsy next week. And I was, I got in the car and went crap. I mean, I was just so upset. And first of all, I was getting becoming fearful. And second of all, I was sitting there, I wanted to go to the retreat and have fun and love it and just. Be a revival pastor. You know that feeling when you have something big coming up that weekend. So I'm sitting here and Steve's comforting, You're going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I'm praying, God, God. But I'm over here with the spirit of fear. Oh, please. What could happen? You know what I mean? I'm serving that spirit too much. And so I'm telling myself, Okay, I'm going to go to the retreat. Ron and Carolyn will be there. They'll hold me. I mean, literally had that feeling. And uh, we're driving down to the retreat. And we're driving up and we pull up in the, in the car and Ron and Carolyn are there they're getting in their car and I roll down the window where are y'all going and Ron said Ron had gotten sick driving down there and they're going home and I was going and Steve gets out a few people we had driven got out I'm sitting there in the hot car and I said God this is between me and you isn't it I, I got to get my act together this is nobody else but me and you And so at that point, I was going, you know, love is, what's the verse? Um, Perfect love, cast out all fear. Thank you so much. I totally forgot. Yeah. So I said, okay, I was thinking that verse and I was going, okay, I'm going to step out of this car and I'm going to love on people all weekend. That's all I'm going to do. So I stepped out of that car every moment. I'm not kidding you. I was just in their faces, loving, hugging. And I was saying, God, give me your heart for these people. And I was, it was amazing. I was really loving these people and falling in love with them. And what happened in about a day, that fear was gone. That spirit cannot live around this spirit, the spirit of Holy Spirit, the spirit of love. So lo and behold, I come home. I didn't even fear the whole week. My biopsy was fine. It was glorious. I was so thankful. But I learned a huge lesson. It's a huge lesson that love is so powerful. Now, Bob Jones, he says, when he went to heaven, he said people were wrapped in light of love and glory. He also said, and this gets my attention, you guys, that people were lined up walking up to Jesus. And you know what he asked them? Did you learn to love? He's calling us to love at a level that we've got to lean into, to love better. And so you're asking yourself, okay, I don't really like some people. How, how do I do this? You know? I, mean, I mean, seriously, it's, it's, it's not as easy to love the unlovely. And that verse in Psalm 62, all the love you need comes from me. All the strength you need comes from me. And this is huge, Bethel Atlanta. The greater our passion for more, the greater our reward. In Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Heidi Baker talked about, we were eagles with a wing of love and a wing of power. So let's talk about power. Are we going to serve this spirit of fear? Or are we going to walk in the Holy Spirit and walk in power? Amen. You know, God has called us to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. And we are seeing such great miracles all around. And I was sitting there studying Peter. You know, Peter, as he walked, his shadow would heal people. Okay. I'm not there. And I'm going, God, how, how are we going to do greater things than you've even done? And, and, you know, he started just impressing upon me, holiness. And the Bible says, be holy as I am holy. And That dove never came off Peter's shoulder. In Psalms 24, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. John 17, your word is truth, so make them holy by the truth. We got to live in his word and we got to rest in the holiness of heaven. You know, then Acts 2 comes along. Man, you guys, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we are endowed with the power of the living God. You are sons and daughters of God. And so you... you. You read Ezekiel. Okay, this is in the Lesser Covenant. And here's Ezekiel's watching a whole army raised from the dead, basically. And God says, Ezekiel, prophesy to the wind and tell the wind to raise these people up, you know. And okay, wind, blow air in them and bring them back to life. And it happens. But what's so cool about living in Holy Spirit, being children of God, seated in heavenly places, Holy Spirit is in us. We can blow the wind on the dead person and they will rise. There is a, pre- there's a, pre- a prophetic word. I believe this with all my heart. There is going to be a day when people walk up to us, you, and you're going to start speaking to them. And the love of heaven is going to be so in your eyes, and they're going to get healed, saved, and delivered right there. You watch. So are we going to serve the spirit of fear or are we going to serve the spirit of God? Sound mind. Okay. I want you to read this one more time. Hear this. For God will never give you a spirit of cowardly fear, but he gives the Holy spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and a mind that has been delivered, protected, and secure. Well, I was reading the passion. This is what was an aha for me. The Aramaic for the sound mind is seeing the revelation light of Jesus Christ. So you sit there and I'm reading all the translations about discipline, self-control. I mean, they're great and all that stuff I need, but the, the sound mind, when your eyes are so fixed and focused on Jesus, all that stuff is gonna fall into place. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. Our eyes must be focused on the revelation light of Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 2, we have the mind of Christ. I had this dream a year or so ago. And in the dream, this is all of you. You got to picture yourself. We were standing in front of thousands and we were holding up these documents. Look, this is what Jesus says about that. Look what he says about that. Can you believe the revelation of heaven that's on this page? And people were getting saved, healed, and delivered in the crowd. But these documents were lined up as far as the eye could see. And then the next person would come up. Then you'd come up and look at this document. Look what God is saying about this. 10 or 11 years ago, we had a prophetic word that God has annals and annals of documents in his heart that he wants to pour out to show us how to pour out love on the earth. I had this dream four years ago and I kind of knew what it meant, but after this last few weeks of this revelation light, revelation, I, uh, it hit me what it meant. So in this dream, I was in Jekyll Island Y'all know where that is? It's south, at, south Georgia. And I was looking at the horizon on the ocean, and this black billowing smoke was coming. It was covering the whole sky. And I was going, shoot, we have got to get off this island. I mean, it was getting hot. And we were all, a lot of us were hanging out. We've got to get off this island. The bridge is that way. Look, there's a light at the end of that bridge. So we're all walking or running to get off this island, And I decided to go visit this church, because this church is full of people, and it was a church exactly like the one when I was a kid. It looked just like it. It was an L-shape, brown brick, little windows on the side. So I opened the door, I walk in, I said, you guys, you've got to get out of here. Look, the smoke is coming. The room was already being smoky, and they're going, oh no, we're good, we're good, we're not going anywhere, we're good. And I was going, I can't breathe in here, I'm leaving. So I left And they stayed. And then I'm running toward the bridge and my feet are getting hot. And a lot of us are running. And on the bridge is a a suspension bridge in the distance, way out there. And a beautiful light at the end of it. There's this long two-lane road and these cars are stopped. And they're the, you know, the little cube cars, the square? I haven't looked at them the same since. These little cube cars are lined up all the way across the bridge for miles. And they're full, they're full of Christians. Everybody in the island's a Christian in the stream. I knew it. And these Christians are sitting at the wheel and they're shaking and they're scared and they're just looking forward like, there's a traffic jam but I gotta get off this island. I don't know how I'm gonna get off the island. The cars aren't moving. It's that, and we're, we are banging on the windows. Get out of your car, get out of your box, get out of your car. And let's go that way toward the revelation light. And they stayed. They wouldn't get out. And a lot of us were walking or running. And I was I remember banging on the window. It's right there. You can get out and walk. It was so easy. See, I believe now they were full of fear. And they couldn't they couldn't move where God wanted them to move. Now, what's really, really cool about this dream, this is four years ago where God's teaching me these dreams are real. And and uh Jessica, my friend, she says, we got to drive down there. And so a few weeks after the dream, we this is four years ago, we drove to Jekyll Island because we're going to go find that church and we're going to find that bridge. So we're driving around, and I kid you not, we drove up on a brown church, L-shaped, and it must have been the same architect like in the 50s or 60s because it was the exact building. Literally 200-seater, little Sunday school classes, bathrooms, foyer. That's it. And it was there, the same church. And I tried to get the door open. They weren't there. And I was going, God, this is real. So then the next morning, we're driving back to Atlanta. And when we had driven on to Jekyll Island, there was no suspension bridge. But going out the other direction the next day, there it was, the same bridge in my dream, in the distance. And I was going, oh my goodness. So we pulled the car off and there's the same double road, grass on each side. And I said, well, I'm taking my shoes off. I'm gonna live this dream. So I took my shoes off, I'm walking on the grass. And Jessica said, you're gonna believe this. Nobody's on the road. We look around the car, a car had just pulled off. Guess what kind of car it was? A cubed car had pulled off the road. And this man and his two little boys were in there. And I knew he was a Christian. I mean, I just knew this was part of my dream. Maybe the dream was for him. I walked over to him, I said, I told him the dream, I said, I feel like God's got so much more for you, and so much greater destiny for you and your boys, and I told him, he said the car was a rental. <laughs> he felt good about that, anyway, revelation light, so do we serve a spirit of fear, I don't know about you, when I start fearing, I don't have time to think about destiny and dreaming about God and hang out with Him. It just doesn't work, for the flip. And are we gonna live for Holy Spirit? Now, what's so cool, just the other morning, I'm sitting there, it's 4.30, I woke up early, I was going to the living room, I'm gonna hang out with you, God. So here I am, now you gotta think about what's fear. Fear's not always, oh, I'm dying. That's not necessarily that. Fear is worry and concern, and how am I gonna do that pickup and make sure I drop off the kids like this, that kind of thing. And I was sitting there and I was thinking about my kids and grandkids actually babysitting that day. How am I going to make it, get back to school one time and I got this and that going on. And God said immediately, it wasn't, I wasn't going, oh no, I'm fearful. But I believe with all my heart, that spirit is picking at you, trying to make you fearful. Oh, if you're late, what will happen then? What would your daughter say? What would that, say all that junk? This, this is a spirit that tries to rule our lives. I think this verse is one of the biggest most important powerful verses in the Bible because it's giving a choice and you, you can watch the news for two seconds and know the world is full of fear. So I was sitting there that morning and God said, okay, Lindy, you want to focus on that or do you want to focus on this? And I'm telling you, I wasn't being fearful, but you know what I'm saying? It's just the concern, the worries of the day, all that kind of stuff. So maybe it was fear, right? our choice. Are we going to serve this spirit of fear or Holy Spirit and keeping our eyes on that revelation light of Jesus Christ. You know, my dad, when he passed away about 11 years ago, for the last year of his life, he didn't speak. And you're talking about a great, godly, powerful, wonderful man. So he didn't speak at all and we'd go visit. He would just sit there. One time I went there and it was wonderful. I, I was just talking to him. How you doing, Papa? Good to see you, have a great day. He said, I love you, Lindy. You know, it had been months, so it was awesome. And then the second time that happened, the only two times, Ricky, my brother, he's campus minister, you know, the one that had found that thing about Pop Harper. So he was sitting there talking to Paul, just talking about life. And all of a sudden, Papa grabbed his arm. Rick, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus and got his attention and that's all he said. And I'm at, I've been the last few months contemplating, what did he see? What revelation light did God reveal to him? Did he see heaven? I got a feeling Jesus wants to reveal himself, even while we're here running around, even more and more powerfully. So this dream... I had this a couple of weeks ago. This is a very wonderful, intimate dream. So in this dream, we were all running. We were frantic. The world was fearful. We're going to die. I mean, was, everybody's running, sweating, just distraught. And even animals are running with us. We're all running. Just, and, and I'm running so fearful. And I jump inside this barn just to take a break and, to dodge the ferocious animals and just the fear. And all of a sudden this huge brownish black ferocious bear jumps in with me and sits beside me and and I'm just freaked. And then I looked at him and I realized it's Jesus. And Jesus, when I look at him, he's this beautiful, silky, smooth fur teddy bear, but he's huge. And he takes me in his arms and he holds me. I just want you to, these dreams are for you guys. I want you to picture yourself just resting in his arms as he holds and loves you. And then he let go and he looked outside and his face changed back to a ferocious warrior in the dream. Then he'd come back in. It was just this gentle, merciful, God-bear thing. It was incredible. And then he said to me, he said, Lindy, it's time you learn to ride on my back. And I was going, then I looked at myself and I was a bear and I said, okay. And I had these long claws and I climbed on his back and the fur, I could feel it on my face, that side of my face. And, and I sunk my claws in this fur, which seemed smooth, but deep in it, it was so thick that there's, I couldn't get them loose. So I had four feet now. So I'm g- grasping his body. I'm becoming one with him. He even said, there's even a place on my back you can kind of sit on. And so I became one with him. Let me read this. This is so cool. This This is right after the bride decided, okay, I'm gonna be a bride in Song of Solomon. This is Jesus talking to you. This is you riding on the bear, being one with Lord Jesus. Every part of you is so beautiful, my darling. Perfect your beauty without flaw within. Now you are ready, bride of the mountains, to come with me as we climb the highest peaks together. Come with me through the archway of trust. We will look down from the crest of the glistening mounts and from the summit of our sublime sanctuary. Together we will wage war in the lion's den and the leopard's lair as they watch nightly for their prey. For you have reached into my heart with one flash of your eyes. I'm undone by your love, my beloved one, my, e- my equal, my bride. We don't have to worry about any of this the enemy tells us we have to worry about in fear because we are one with Jesus living in Holy Spirit, and we wage a war together because there is stuff going on that you have to deal with. But we do not have to worship a spirit of fear, right? Song of Solomon, seven. So as we're one with Jesus, you know what makes Jesus the happiest, the neatest thing we can do to bring joy to our Lord? As I count the delights you bring to me, love has become the greatest. You stand in victory above the rest, stately and secure, as you share with me your vineyard of love Now I decree I will ascend and arise. I will take hold of you with my power, possessing every part of my fruitful bride. Your love I will drink as wine and your words will be mine. For your kisses of love are exhilarating more than any delight I have known before. Your kisses of love awaken even the lips of sleeping ones to kiss me as you have done. The people around us that are so asleep, The way we love Jesus will awaken their hearts. My intimacy with Jesus will awaken the hearts of the lost and even the Christians who have fallen asleep. John 17.10, God's glory is revealed through our surrendered lives. I believe with all my heart, the destiny on this church is huge. The destiny on your lives is such a big deal. I believe the watershed moment because I've been finding myself recalibrating often. Oh, crud, that's not the spirit of God. Okay, okay, Jesus, this is you. Because every day we're faced with fear, but we've got to learn this is not our God. This is a spirit that wants to rule your life. And I feel like God wants to take us to these higher places. He keeps in Song of Solomon going to higher places, in higher places. And now that you've been so intimate with me, let me take, let me go to your innermost being. We cannot settle. The calling on your life is too big to settle for dealing with fear every other day. I'm just dealing. I'm kind of hanging out in fear. Oh yeah, I'm worried about that. But oh, I do love you. Oh, but shoot, what about my mama? Oh, but I do love you. You know that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm talking. I'm talking to me, too. You see what I'm saying? But if we live here in the presence of God, he wants all of us, you guys. Song of Solomon 8. This is such a great passage. This is God asking you guys. The Lord Jesus Christ wants this view. Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. This living, consuming flame will seal you as my prisoner of love. My love will be stronger than the chains of death in the grave. Consuming as the very flashes of fire from the burning heart of God. Place this fierce, unrelenting fire over all your being. Rivers of persecution and pain will never extinguish this flame. Endless floods will be unable to quench this raging fire burning within you. Everything will be consumed. It will stop at nothing as you yield everything to this furious fire until it won't even seem like a sacrifice anymore. You know, Michael Maiden had a prophetic word about the 200 foot flame out there in the field. That flame, people from all of the city will come to see what it is, to dwell in the presence of God People from all over the world will come, he said. I believe with all my heart. That is the flame of God burning in our hearts. Your your calling is huge. We're not building for just my little life. We're building for generations. Remember how you love God in thousand generations? We'll be blessed and God will show his mercy. He's calling us for generations to come. Randall Worley had a word. And we were war horses. This was eight or ten years ago. Bethel, Atlanta, you were war horses coming from the east. And you were powerful. You were beautiful. You are powerful, you're beautiful. And you were running with such strength and your hearts were so full of love. And in that prophetic word, and he said, your eyes were fire. The fire of God is what has to be fastened on our hearts to take us to levels of glory that we've never imagined. We've got to live here where our eyes are on Jesus and not over here. Lindy, what do you want to do? You want to hang out here or do you want to hang out with the Spirit of God? The nations are coming, you guys. This last dream, I had this one, uh, I think first of the week and you got to remember these dreams are for you in this dream i believe i represented this group right here in this dream holy spirit was this old old lady they had this silver white hair and she was so beautiful and there were Thousands of people coming through Beth, from and through Beth Atlanta, and those people were having babies. Those people were adopting. It was in the dream. And those babies were having babies, and those babies were having babies, and people were throwing money. I, I'm not having a baby. I'm throwing money. I mean, it was just life. And thousands of people coming through here. It was like overwhelming. It was like, I felt like Holy Spirit gave me a glimpse, and I feel like He's given you a glimpse of the generations that we may never see. And I walked up to Holy Spirit and I was playing with her hair. We were this close. And hair represents the glory of God. We are playing with the glory of God if we like. He's calling us to live here and just be so intimate with Holy Spirit. Our eyes so focused on Jesus, it's like playing with the glory. The glory of heaven will engulf us and be all over us. So I walked up to Holy Spirit. I'm playing with her. I said, thank you so much. Thank you for what you've done here. And you know what she said? She said, no, thank you. She said, I've got thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people to thank and honor. This is This is a big deal, this walk with the Lord, you guys. He's calling us to He's calling us to be so intimate with Him, so in love with Him that we lay there in the morning before we get up and go, God, I can't believe I'm so in love with you, God of all creation. I don't want to live over here because it takes me away from Him. Last week, I had a vision during worship, and it was so cool. You guys are so amazing. We were sitting there, and we were this volcano. And you know how volcanoes spit blobs of fire there and there? This volcano was spitting blobs of fire. I mean, you get, we got missionaries in Mexico and Kenya and Cameroon, and we've got you downtown at your business throwing blobs of fire. I know I'm preaching to a, a, a powerful a love, power, and sound mind crowd. But I think God is calling us to a level we haven't been at before, you guys. We can't settle. Every day is our new day of destiny because we are pretty happy, love Jesus people, but he's called us to change a nation, to touch the world, to heal the brokenhearted. Isaiah 61, we have got this huge call in our lives. We can't afford to live right here. We got to climb on that bear, Jesus Christ, and let him wage war for us. Our ferocious, powerful warrior, son of God, who we are in and he is in us and he's in the father. I mean, oh my goodness, you guys. So I talked about Pop Harper Remember Pop Harper a hundred years ago, he put a stake in, in the ground. Today is a stake in the ground day. And now that you've heard it, you, get, you got to do it one way or another. Or you got, so Pop Harper literally in some little Sunday school room took a stake and said, you know what? No, we're not closing a church because you guys are fussing over something. It's for me and my house. We will serve God and not man. That's scripture. He said it and it's recorded for a hundred years. What is your granddaughter going to be saying about you in a hundred years when they're when she's speaking in front of, in front of thousands of people, maybe not just 500? This is a big deal. What we're doing, the way we're loving God, goes for generations to come. We're built, we are building for people and generations we never will see until Jesus comes back. Well, unless he comes back sooner. Today is a day to put a stake in the ground. And your stake might be, for me and my house, I will serve God. My stake might be, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love you, Jesus. I wanna become a son of God. I wanna, I wanna be saved. I believe in you. Your stake might be, okay, I'm gonna receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It might be, I'm gonna have a great marriage. Your stake might be, I am sick and tired of fearing, and I am going to love you, Lord Jesus. Your stake might be, I am going to be wealthy with the wealth of heaven and I'm not going to be fearful about money ever again. Your stake might be, hey, I started in a tent and I'm going to watch the glory of heaven fill this house, build buildings, fill this land, whatever his plan is, you guys. It's great in here because the glory of heaven is in here. You know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they were intense, And they changed everything. <laughs> My state might be, I'm gonna change everything. You listen to the fear of the world and the garbage going on. But you know what? Our claws are in the bear of Jesus Christ. We are one with him. And when he looks at me and looks at you, he's so in love with you. But when he looks out at anything trying to hurt you, he is a ferocious, powerful warrior that's got you. Today is the day. You know that verse, fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire. God, I don't want... Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you guys. They're bound up the ropes and they step into the flame. And they're not singed. All that's singed is the ropes of the world that were holding them. They're free and they're walking with Jesus in the fire. In the fire of God. You were born to run with fire in your eyes. You were not born to be a mediocre anything. Anything. We're gonna give you an opportunity to uh, put a stake in the ground today. It's a big deal day. I think it's going to shift the power and presence and the glory of heaven on this land because it's already powerful, but we cannot not look at each day like a new day of destiny. Today's gonna be incredible, but tomorrow's gonna be even better. You've got to keep your eyes focused on the revelation light of Jesus Christ. Tomorrow is going to be better. And then the next day, how could it help but not be better and more glorious and more full of revelation of heaven and more depth of love and power? All of that falls into place because my eyes are on him. In this song, You Won't Relent Until You Have It All. Jesus wants it oh, all, you guys. He wants everything. He wants all of me. He wants all of you. So we're going to stand and we're going to worship. But I want you, this is a you and God moment. I'd love for you to come forward if you'd like to worship. With all your passion, with all your heart. I want you, between you and Jesus, to put a stake in the ground. And you know what it is. And I want you to start telling your kids and grandkids what it is. Because I guarantee you, 100 years from now, They'll be talking about that stake that you put in the ground today. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.